0: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Sam Bradshaw, Sikkim365.com, breaks it all down on film. Join the premium section if you want to see it and watch it all and all the things he breaks down. Charts and graphs, too, like you would not believe. He's excellent charts and graphs. I love a good chart, and I love a good graph. A Venn diagram I have no patience for. No. Uh, Sam, uh, this is a Baylor team against Cincinnati that uh, both these teams are, are in a bad way right now. So this, uh, this game probably comes at a good time for each of them. That they, This is the one they have the best shot to win uh, for the foreseeable future and maybe get right. But Baylor had to make a lot of changes in their bye week. What do you expect to see different?
1: Thanks for having me on, Paul. And one thing I expect from both these teams is they are going to be working on their red zone efficiency. Uh, this is probably the matchup of two very, very struggling red zone offenses. Maybe the two worst red zone offenses within the uh, Big 12 in the sense that they just can't seem to punch the ball in. I mean, these are two offenses that will move the ball pretty decently between the 20s. But just converting is a bit of a challenge for them. Um, I think with how good Cincinnati's front is at disrupting you on the run, Baylor's going to really, really have to lean a little bit more on Blake Chapin in the passing game, particularly the quick game, screen game, potentially some RPO game, in order to try and get some kind of offense against a really solid Cincinnati defense. And that's going to be one of the major changes. You might see a lineup change uh, with a little more time to get somebody ready that probably has earned a shot or something similar along those lines. But yeah, um, I'm expecting to see some offensive changes defensively. I'm looking mostly to see, can you get guys healthy and can you get them just to be more disciplined with what you're doing? I don't think they're going to do a massive overhaul there. I think they're more just focused on, can we get all these young guys that we're relying on to really tighten down on their assignments, tighten down the discipline. I mean, you're talking about two first year players are your primary options over the last couple games, and you've got some young guys at the tackle. You've got some youth at safety and corner, and especially a linebacker with Smith out. You're really, really looking on getting a lot of these young guys really sharpen up on the finer points, more so than massive overall.
0: Sam, what does Cincinnati do well that Baylor will have trouble stopping? Well, I think when you look at
1: the Cincinnati team. They imported a lot of guys on that offensive side via the portal. And effectively every skill guy that they really, really lean on is a transfer guy. You got a former Florida and Arizona state quarterback who's a dual threat. You got former LSU running back. You got a Louisville receiver, Miami receiver and Florida receiver and a Washington state receiver. You've got quite a lot of guys in there. Their passing game really hadn't been all that strong, but one thing they do is they run the quarterback a lot. It's almost to the point of Colin Klein at Kansas State in terms of quarterback carries per game. Now some of those are scrambled and so you probably have fewer called runs, Um, but you're still talking 13 quarterback carries per game that are not sacked. That's a lot. Um, Their quarterback has almost as many carries as their workhorse starting back Kiner does. Um, I don't think this skill group is going to be the fastest Baylor scene. I think on the slower end of the Big 12, but they got, they got some guys that look the part, some big athletes that may not necessarily anchor your 4x100 relay team, but they're going to be tough to break down. They're going to be tough to cover on their routes, And they going to have to try and prevent them from getting those big plays, and they're going to have to find a way to get off the field on third and fourth down. You know, the Cincinnati team, they're not necessarily prolific running the ball, but they do enough to stay on the field with Emory Jones running it and with Kiner just – he's almost a runaway fire hydrant in the sense that he's not all that tall, but he's just very stocky, very difficult to bring down. And while he's not going to just pull away from you in straight line speed, he, he has enough speed to get to the edge and make you hurt for a big gainer or two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, how much of a problem will Dante Corleone be? I think
1: uh, I would love to have him on Baylor's team. I think <laughs> if he was on Baylor's team, just given the issues they've had at that nose spot, it would really, really help. Um, I think that entire Cincinnati defensive front, the down three plus the four linebackers they have, uh, one of which is a dog, which is more of their jack linebacker, rush linebacker type, where it's almost a DN linebacker hybrid. And then their, their star is a guy that has almost as many tackles as a sack linebackers, gets a ton of tackles for losses, also has a lot of pass breakups. He's just a very versatile player. I don't think he's on the Jalen Petrie level, but he's definitely a guy that they use a lot of different ways and is definitely going to make a big impact for you. He's a lot like a Blake Lynch type, and he's very versatile. You know, that entire front, They're able to disrupt mixing in occupying blockers and penetrating. And then those linebackers behind them are very, very smart on when to trigger on the run. They do it very quickly. They do it very decisively. But they're also very wise about when to do it. They read their keys well. Dealing with that front is going to be a big challenge for Baylor. It's one of the reasons I think they've got to lean on the quick passing game, at least to force that Cincinnati team to slow things down, and give yourself a little bit of a chance. I mean, both of these defenses I expect to be pretty decent stopping the run for both of them. Both these teams run a very wide zone-based run. I mean, Satterfield at Louisville was the tape I really looked at to preview Ole Miss and how they matched up the Baylor's offense for the Sugar Bowl because Louisville was the team that ran the most wide zone against Ole Miss that year. And the two offenses – have a lot of overlap now Satterfield's going to be a little bit more spread and a little bit more spread option than uh Grimes whatever dream of being but at the same time the base run plays and the base passing concepts have a lot of overlap
0: Sam do you expect to see um maybe and not a total abandonment of the wide zone because they are what they are but maybe a sharp reduction in it
1: Uh, As far as the preferred run play scheme, I think it'll still be your fastball. But after the struggles you've had and how teams are cheating towards it and how some of your typical curveballs and breaking balls have not really been there in terms of your ability to execute, I expect them to mix in a few more sliders and other uh, wrinkles to try and take the pressure off. So I expect to see... A couple things that they may not have put on film yet, just as a, even if they're not terribly efficient at producing with it, we might be able to get some benefits from them having to diagnose it in game instead of having a game week to get ready for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Blake Chapin's, um, you know, it's hard to like, it's hard to even think about because of how much they struggle, but Blake Shapens, when he's played in games has not been the problem at all. Like there's not like he's played really, really well, um, of all the things that they worked on and, and grew in the, in, in the off season, that's the one that worked right. Blake Shapen's played really well in spite of the fact that he's constantly under duress. He has no running game to speak of. He's been hit a ton. He's had a play through this knee injury. He's been good when he's played, um, how do, they, how do you expect him to adjust the protection to make sure that that continues and that he doesn't continue to get blown up?
1: Right, and I think you're going to really have to lean on getting the ball out of his hands because I don't know how well you can really rely on the maximum protection to set up those deep shots, especially with the run not working that great. You're going to have to lean a little bit more on your quick game and a little bit more on your screen game. But, no, Blake Chapin has been outstanding this year. Um, he's definitely been putting together that is what objectively, if you just scouted him on film, regardless of the team result, because if the quarterback's running for his life, the team result's rarely going to be good. I think the only time I ever saw a quarterback light somebody up while running for his life perpetually was Patrick Mahomes versus LSU in that bowl game, which is still the most comical draft film I think I've ever seen. It's just him running for his life and throwing it up to Texas four by 100 relay team of skill guys as the offensive line is getting destroyed. But that's beside the point. shapen has been outstanding. And just if they can protect them, they have the ability to be a dangerous passing attack, but the protection has not been there and it has to get, it has to get better. So we'll see what they've worked on in the off off week can uh, help slow down that rush, help get those consistent yards and help them stay on the field to the point that they can get a little closer read on what those defenses are doing and potentially scheme up some things to dissect what they're doing.
0: So Sam, um, they got to get some momentum going. This is their best shot. Do you think Cincinnati, I mean, I don't think think Cincinnati is the worst team they have left, right? Not that they don't have a murderer's row left. You know, they, they don't have Oklahoma on the schedule. Um, you know, Texas is already behind them. Uh, you know, I know KCU and Kansas state are ahead of them, but you know, if you're going to win one, it, it better dadgum be this one, wouldn't it? I go back and forth.
1: Um, I don't think they're necessarily the worst matchup for Baylor left. Houston's had some problems defensively, and I think that might bode well for Baylor being able to move the ball and get into a shootout. So, the, I, I think there's a couple opportunities here against teams that Baylor might be able to position themselves for. I think Cincinnati might be an objectively worse team than Houston right now. But I think in terms of matching up to Baylor, Houston might be a more favorable matchup, just in terms of where the weak points are on each team and where the weak points are on Baylor. Because, you know, Baylor really, really wants to run the wide zone. They're facing a team that's solid defensively and sees the wide zone every day. Uh, Defensively, Baylor is very youthful and doesn't have the biggest defensive front on the inside and they're facing a very veteran offensive line that, while they're not spectacular, could potentially lean on them as the game goes on. You know, um, It's really going to come down to, can Baylor win the turnover battle? Because Cincinnati's not been very good on either side of the ball, either forcing turnovers as a percentage of drives or protecting the ball as a percentage of drives. Um, they're going to have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to win big plays on the outside to those wide receivers, because I think Baylor has the advantage there. And I think Baylor has speed guys at running back, at receiver, to really do some damage to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's got a bunch of veterans. I just think I think Cincinnati takes this one, but I think Baylor has a more favorable matchups later on.
0: Sam Bradshaw, dot 365com Subscribe to the premium section and read his stuff. Uh, it's it's great stuff. It's very in depth. If you want the uh, the complete breakdown as X's and O's and and even the stuff he gets to on TV markets, he's done a great job uh, on that. Even being referenced by the experts in the business. Sam, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks. You too.